A recent study done by the Yaqeen Institute revealed that 50% of Muslims feel that being Muslim in the U.S. has become more difficult in recent years. 62% of Muslims don't feel accepted as part of mainstream American society, and 84% of Muslims have doubted God at some point because of the amount of suffering in the world. Now, if this is what adult Muslims are feeling and doubting around their own identity, then can we imagine what our own children are battling with internally every day? In this podcast, I'm going to reveal an article that has shed some immense light on exactly what we can do about this problem for our children. And we're going to be talking about the two urgent reasons why Muslims need to parent differently in the modern world and exactly how we can do it. If you love your children and you want them to love who they are and to flourish as human beings, then you're not going to want to miss this podcast. Stay tuned. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women not just to grow but to thrive. If you don't already know me, my name is Mindful Muslima. I'm a licensed educator of 20 years, a mom of five, and kind of like a big sister to the community out there. I'm coming to you guys kind of two times a week with podcasts on love, relationships, parenting, homeschooling, um, organization hacks, all this sort, all centered around or under the umbrella of mindful living by the sunnah. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to find modern life tips and then the sunnah in the other corner, but rarely can we find them both in the same space. And that's what we do here. We kind of teach the how-to, how to get our, our love for our, our deen, our Islam, and how to live that in modern day life, day to day. So happy to bring another podcast to you guys. This one will be on parenting and I'm super excited about an article I recently read that I think will bring so much benefit to all of my listeners and I really am excited to share with you today. And um, before I, I do that, I do want to say that one of the reasons why I really love this article and it really resonated with me is it touched on some serious urgencies around why parenting just really needs to change. It needs to evolve in terms of our Muslim parenting style. What once worked for us is just truly not going to work anymore. And we see that because of what our children are constantly exposed to. Um, it's a different time. Now, yes, the Quran is timeless. I've said this over and over. Yes, the Sunnah is timeless. But the way in which we apply it, we have to be a bit more agile. And we can't do that until we really understand what is happening and um, kind of the urgency around what we need to change. And so within this article um, uh, by Ruhi Tahir, it's called The Importance of Conscious Parenting in Raising Confident Muslims. Um, she kind of addresses like the two main urgencies and how to start to build a confident Muslim uh, child in your life. And so I think that'd be super beneficial. And it really resonated with me also because it um, touched on a lot of the same points that I have in the free parenting guide that I made for you guys that you've been loving called the five secrets to raising an amazing Muslim. We had a lot of similar, um, you know, chords that were struck in terms of what we really need to make sure that we are um you know, creating in our child's lives. So I'm really excited to share this one with you. But before I do, I did just want to give my regular shout out. Now today it's going to be to, I always give it to sisters who usually um, share my content on their IG. And there were plenty of you this week. I did not forget you. Thank you so much. It's just, I really wanted to show some gratitude because I think like volunteers don't always get, um, 
you know, all the credit they deserve in these big events and things that happen. I just came from a speaking event from LIU tonight. Um, you know, it's a college in New York City. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to Sister Netta. Um, you know, she had to help me to find out where I need to go and give me all the information I needed and get back to me regarding anything for my presentation. So I just want to say thank you much, so much, Sister Netta, for being just so sweet and so professional. And I want to say thank you to the whole LIU MSA. And I wanted to also um, say, because I feel like I only got to shout them out once to Kama too, who's also working with them and just say thank you again because I know they're also working with some of the members there closely with Helping Hands or with ICNA. And I just want to say thank you guys. for You're just so inspiring again to see the youth just come out and address some topics. And the topics we covered tonight were regarding um, social media and just kind of like the, the, the highs and lows of what's going on on platforms for Muslims. And I'm so excited that we're finally coming and addressing issues. And you know what it took, guys? It took the Muslims to get up and do it for themselves. And that's what I feel like the sister who wrote this article did. Like she got up and said, you know what? My people need to hear this information. Let me get up and write it. It's the same reason I have this podcast. I take issues that I think we need to talk about in platforms that we're all kind of suffering silently alone with. And we need to just bring it up and talk about it. And I encourage you, if there's anything that you know that you think you can share with another sister, get up and do it. Don't hesitate. We really need to build each other up. And like I said, build that village. So I just really want to get into the two major urgencies that I that I pulled out of this article and then get into the kind of like the how can we actually help to support our children because as you heard from the intro the statistics are just stifling guys I mean if, if adults are struggling we can't imagine how our children are and this just really requires us to respond in a better way so I read this article and I said to myself I just have to share with you and I love most about the paper is I think it just really conveyed some of the misconceptions that parents have around how children learn you know us as parents uh, we just assume they're just going to acquire information as we go um, I put my child in a certain um, school or um, you know I basically pray all five prayers so they'll just get it. But unfortunately, our children are bombarded with just so many social messages out there. It's really hard for them um, to to know who they are and their identity is getting questioned day in and day out. So I'm really, really grateful that this article is going to touch on these two points of urgency. So let's just get into the first one. The first one is the, um, the author is making the argument that we need to get more involved. All right, times have changed, guys, and there are many more factors, like I said, that are going to affect the belief in the man of our children, especially ones, um, you know, in cases where our children are growing up in the West or in non-Muslim countries um, and dealing with things such as racism, bigotry, self-esteem, Islamophobia, and all the like. You know, there's just so much where I, I and I, as a previous educator, was in the classroom many times, and I saw the the little the little Muslim faces out there where children just did not know who they were, and they caught, felt constant pressure to be like everyone else because it's a natural human tendency to want to fit in. Now that's fine and good and we want our children to do that but never at the expense of who they are. No child in any you know whatever their belief system is should feel like they should have to throw down their belief to just assimilate with everyone else and we should be proud of who we are and we have a beautiful legacy. And so with our children, you know, there is this sense of urgency. And I'll just give you one more point. Like I said, because I do a lot of training with teachers and I was in a school recently and there was an issue where, you know, uh, I heard a teacher in the hallway and this wasn't just from this teacher because these are new regulations from the chancellor and things happening in New York City. And, you know, the funny thing is I don't think parents are getting this information as teachers are getting trained and times are changing. But the teacher was screaming out in the hallway, line up in two lines. We're not doing boy-girl lines. There are no genders anymore. There are no genders anymore. And 
they're just screaming this and screaming this. Now, if you're a Muslim child in a school, that might be super perplexing. Then you'll obviously hear that every day and start to believe there are no genders anymore, as if females are not giving birth to um, males and females only. And you know, yes, there are all these different ideologies out there, and we're accepting of everyone else. But at the same time, we do have to, as parents, at least be aware of what your child is going to be exposed to in the spaces they go to every day. Now, that's the public school. And the other reason I bring that up is because I don't think parents are aware that the school system also has things right now. And these are just things I just I just need parents to just open their eyes and ears and understand why I'm bringing this topic up and why the author is bringing this topic up in terms of just awareness and us needing to get more involved. And that's the point um, is that, you know, the school system now is telling teachers um, if children are having identity crises, like maybe they don't want to be Muslim anymore. Maybe they don't want to be their gender anymore. Like whatever the reason is or the, the personal internal struggle they're having, the teachers do not have to share that information with parents. So I know many Muslim parents who would want to know if their child decided to apostate or their child decided to want to change their gender. But guess what? Teachers are legally obligated to keep that information confidential and under no circumstances do they have to share that information, nor should they, with the parents. And and when, when the teachers asked why that is, because that is something where they could get like legally in trouble, they were told that the parents might not agree with the child's choice. Now imagine, you know, as a parent, I think I would want to know. So we're putting our children in these these public spaces. They're being exposed to different ideas, and then we're being told that we're left out of the equation. And these are things that I'm not sure all parents are aware of. So I love the fact that the author brought and highlighted the fact that we as parents need to be aware. We need to be involved. We need to know that when we send our children to different spaces all over, it could be the friends our children have, it could be the devices they're watching, it could be the TV shows, it could be anything. What are they doing? Are we taking the time? Are we just throwing them onto these things because it's easy for us because we're busy and we're stressed and we don't have time to deal with them? And that's unfortunately the case with many parents because, you know, the modern life day in and day out can be stressful. And to have your child on something or away from you for a moment, sometimes you feel like, oh, I needed that time to myself. But unfortunately, the, the argument the author is making is not at the expense of the child's iman, their belief, where they can question themselves because we haven't made sure that that environment, whatever it is, is secure and going to kind of cultivate and nurture their their personal understanding of who they are. And, you know, um, the second kind of thing within that is we need to make sure that, that we're exposing them to the proper role models. We know that our kids are being bombarded in um, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok with all these different people that they're now looking up to. But w- how much of an effort have we made to expose them to the, the role models that we know and love should be paramount in their life like the companions you know or or different experiences of the prophet peace be upon him or the mothers of the believers we can no longer just rely on outside forces like the masjid not that there's anything wrong with the masjid guys but it's not the masjid's job to raise our kids and the time of the sahaba they took the the majority of the islamic education of their own children it was their job they didn't send them to sunday school they didn't send them to weekend school and say that's their job I have other things to do. And that was not the way of our sunnah. And, and the author is reminding us of that. And we're unfortunately paying a high price for those of us that are doing that because we're finding our children are apostating, are questioning, are doubting, are leaving the deen because they're not understanding who they are and why you know, it's important to, to love who they are. Um, and yeah, even Islamic schools, you know, and some parents might say, Hey, you know, why should I not think that I'm paying all that money and the Islamic school is teaching my child who they are? 
again, um, you know, we just read the statistics or heard the statistics that all these Muslim adults are questioning their, their identity. Now, we don't know what, what, what teachers are out there within the school. Some might be closer in their dean than others or, or hired in iman or what have you. I mean, everybody is in a different space in their journey in Islam. It's not their job to raise our children. It's their job to educate our children, but it's not their job to do the whole thing, guys. We need to take a bit more of that control back, that responsibility back, and know the accountability is seated with us more than anyone else. And these are things that we cannot just hand over willingly to anyone, no matter who they are, even if they're Muslims, because everybody has their own um, way. And it's, it's honestly not their responsibility, you know, at the end of the day to do that much parenting, we have to take some of that back and understand there's accountability for us. And so I love those two major points that the author made. And they really, really resonated with me because like I said, they connected to the, the guide I have many previous podcasts I made, and just the importance of making sure that we are present in this day and age when a time when it's so hard to be present because we have so many things going on. So now in the next part of this podcast, I just want to really go into some of the ways that we can start to make sure that we build our children's confidence. And um, some of my favorite part of the article, because uh, like I said, a lot of this stuff really resonated with me. And um, so the author gets into um, the fact and just reminding us something that we already know in Islam, that children are born with a certain fitra, right? And as a parent, it's important for us to nurture that fitra and, and not work against it. And, and we don't always mean to work against it, guys. But like I said, we have to make sure that we're conscious, we're involved, and we're not relying on outside sources to do the job that was innately given to us. So how can we actually do that? What I love is she gives about maybe five major points and how we can do that. And I just want to cover those five now. And I want us to start to think about how can we implement those into our parenting? Because this is what the the future parenting should look like us taking more onus on what's happening with our children. Yes, it's so much easier to keep them on a device. But guys, that's not parenting, you know, this babysitting by devices or letting them go out with the friends because then I don't have to have them running around the house and messing it up. This is this is not the parenting that's going to work anymore because there's too many things going on outside the house. So we have to take a bit more, um, you know, effort to make sure that things are um, aligned where it's just positive self-esteem building, confidence building um, exposure. So how can we actually do that? The first one is we really need to instill in them the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, I've seen cases where parents back in the day, you know, doing a lot of like haram, haram, everything's haram. Guys, if we make everything haram for them, then they're not going to love Allah. They're going to say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who's always taking away my fun. But if we talk about Allah in a very loving way, like for me, every time I, I get something, I talk to my child about it out loud, even though it's not like necessary, I make a point to do it. So for example, it's a beautiful day outside. I walk outside with my kids and I say, guys, subhanAllah, the day is so beautiful. Who gave us this beautiful day? And then they're so used to me. They're just like, Allah. And we're like, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. What do we say when we see a beautiful day like this? They're like, subhanAllah, right like this. And I actually show that I'm actually personally appreciative. And I love Allah. And when I get, when, after I, I get groceries, I'll bring them home and I'll make dua. And I say, guys, we have these groceries because Allah, every gift I have in my life, I attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what this article is focusing on. The fact that we as parents need to make a point like I could have easily guys just brought the groceries home popped them on the table put them away in the fridge moved on and started doing something else but we have to kind of consciously stop and make a point to say to our kids wow 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that to us. Alhamdulillah for this. Subhanallah for that. We have to actually say it out loud. So I do a lot of like think aloud type stuff where I'm just saying my thoughts out loud, although they probably could have easily just gone on in my head. But I do it for my kids because I need them to see that um, I love Allah. And, and when I love Allah and they see me remembering Allah, they're going to love Allah and they're going to attribute all the blessings and, and great things in their life to the creator. Subhanallah. And the article talks about that. So the second one um, point the article makes is, and you know, maybe more importantly, we need to practice what we preach. This is probably one of the hardest things for parents. I've talked about this before, again, with my parenting guide that I put out there. You know, day in and day out, guys, it's hard. Life is stressful. I, I feel you. I understand. It's really hard as a mom. We have so much we have to do. We have so many people that are in our care. But but it doesn't take away from the the responsibility of us to not be hypocrites within our own self. And I'm going to use that word because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that word in the Quran, the munafiq, the one who says, but he does not do, or she says, but she does not do. And this is the last thing we want, right? For ourselves or for our children. So, you know, kids are really smart. Like I mentioned, like I said before in my, in my guide, they're really smart. They pick up. You can't tell them um, not to yell at people, but you yell at people like all over the place. You can't tell them not to curse, but you curse. You can't tell them to be tidy, but you're not tidy. Kids pick up. They watch what we do more than what we said. So it's really important to express the sincerity between our own personal beliefs, why we're fasting, why we're praying. Show them what we're doing and almost talk out loud. Don't assume they know they saw me pray. And you know, like we have to make sure we talk about our feelings about our Islam in a positive way. Because if they don't see it at home, guys, where are they going to see it at school? Never. They're going to see it at, in, in uh, especially not in the public schools, what I mean. They're going to see it on the news. No. Are their non-Muslim friends going to be like, oh, it's so awesome that you're Muslim? No. So when are they going to get a chance to hear about how excited we are about our own deen? It has to be modeled. This age, these ages, you know, especially Rasulullah talked about 10 and under, especially critically. I mean, all the ages are important, but really, really important. So the third thing that the article covers is that we just really have to be knowledgeable in Islam and just continue to expand our own knowledge. Kind of what you're doing here as you're listening to this podcast, kind of like what I was doing as I was going to read that article. All of us, all of us, no matter what level of our Islam we are, no matter what age we are, what point in our life we are, we, ha- we are called to continuously expand our own personal knowledge. And don't feel you're not knowledgeable enough, guys. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he's, he calls us to give da'wah, not just to the people outside, but to our own family. And, you know, even if you know just one ayah, share that, whatever you know. But we can never use that excuse, that's all we know, right, guys? We should be constantly memorizing, learning more, even if it's five minutes. Like this podcast, right? You don't have time to sit down, but you can play this while you're washing dishes. You can play this while you're driving. And if you don't have time to read those articles, I mean, I get it. But I'm going to constantly be bringing them here to you. Anytime I find something that I think will be super relevant and helpful and insightful, I will continue to share them because that's why I made this platform. But if you do have time, go and read them go and engage because it's our job and it's our responsibility to continue to grow and it's and and to be familiar with the prophetic method of teaching and parenting 
And the fourth thing that the article covers is having a strong understanding between what is culture versus tradition. And you know I'm big on that, guys. And that's why I love this article because it directly correlates with so much of what I talk about. I have a podcast, again, I'll link that below, about culture versus Islam. And it's really hard, especially for non-Muslims or reverts. They often get confused. But Muslims, born Muslims, are often confused. The lines are often blurred between what is Islam and what is like what my parents did that might not be Islam that could have been culturally carried over and you know it's really easy to pull the card like well I don't know no one ever told me that's just how I was raised but we know from the Quran that saying oh that's what my forefathers did so that's what I'm gonna do is really really not gonna cut it and it does and there is that level of accountability again to make a conscious effort to find out and to know and if you're interested in some of the things that are are cultural versus islamic you can check that podcast out and um and and there's tons of other information out on those as well but i i just need us to understand the importance to draw that line and to understand what is actually derived from islamic teachings or not and the last one number number five is just to be cautious with extreme and reactionary responses as parents we're always modeling the best way to handle difficult situations it could be stress it could be something super emotional i mean i've seen tons of parents with road rage right in new york city it's probably the worst place to live if you can have no road rage in new york city you're doing a pretty good job no but seriously kids are kids are watching our every moment when someone comes up to us on the street and they make that snide comment about us being muslim and they start to poke at us Children are taking mental notes on how to deal with social pressures. Is my mom going to like blurt something back? Is she going to cuss? Is she's going to is she going to stay cool and calm and and maintain her Islamic identity and and not go as low as the person that's coming at her or him? You know, it's just really really important to understand that we don't need to be reactionary. It's not from our 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 own fitra. It's not from our deen. We're meant to be reflective beings that are super conscious and 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 mindful and that's kind of like i said why i titled this this podcast mindful muslim because we're trying to or aspiring to be more mindful more conscious and that's what we want for our kids but if we can't do it ourselves first then how are we going to do it for them how are we going to secure that for them and if you're struggling with that guys you know i have tons of podcasts like i said this um specific research institute has tons of articles on what's happening currently with muslims and i think we just really need to start opening our eyes uh listening more reading more and exposing ourselves because of these two urgent things i'm just going to drive them home once again that the article highlights the fact that we need to get more involved and we need to rely less on outside sources to do our parenting job for us so i just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast i hope that was super beneficial inshallah ta'ala, as i continue to come across great articles on parenting i will share them and i will share them in hopes that they will benefit you may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to parent may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us guidance in all that we do and i'll talk to you guys in the next one assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh